Oh, it's good to see you. Happy New Year. You guys feeling it yet? No? How many uh, stayed up late last night and rang in the new... Okay, <laughs> okay. How many did not? The only reason I was awake is because our neighborhood enjoys fireworks a lot and our dog was not enthused, just saying. But still, Happy New Year. It's great. Hey, a couple things I want to mention. Pastor Jeremy mentioned the classes that are coming up. Please avail yourself of those. If you use the YouVersion Bible app, I always put our notes for Sunday sermons in there. You just go into the menu, hit events. If you have that feature turned on, your phone knows where you are. Little Big Brother and will pop up first because you're here. If not, you can always put in the zip code 64064 and, and find the notes. But also in there are links to all those classes. And then additionally, I've had a lot of people ask me, if uh, we're doing a reading plan together again, and we are. So I did send an email to everybody, and I've, I've talked to a few people who didn't get it, so if you did not get it, please let me know and we'll fix that. But I did send an email out kind of laying out all of the classes, all of those types of things, and if you would still like the link to the Bible reading plan, please just let me know. You can either contact me personally, you can email the church, info at crownpointchurch.com. Always remember... We're the pointy church. There's an E on point. Some people forget that, and it won't get to us if you don't put that on there. But we are doing a reading plan together. It's, it's by the same people who we did last year, so it'll have some of the same videos, but it has additional ones. And so I'm really excited about that. And that will start tomorrow. <clears throat> With these Bible reading plans, of course, you can jump in whenever you want. It's not like if you miss tomorrow, you've missed it. But what I love about it is we'll read the same portion of Scripture And then you're welcome, you don't have to, but you're welcome to comment. Whatever God is speaking to you, showing you, I love reading those comments. And uh, I do it first thing in the morning, so a lot of times I read the comments later. I get an email that has all the comments in it, and uh, I just grow. I learn every day from what you guys put on there. So thank you for that. I know I've had some people say, I don't know what to say. Well, that's fine. You don't have to say anything. But if, if you do learn something and feel like it's important, even just for you, you may be surprised that other people grow w- from what you share. So I encourage you to do that. One other thing I want to mention is I really feel I've been praying the last couple weeks just about, God, our church, our body, our, the people in this room. And uh, one of the things I really felt God talking to me about is us doing a fast together. I don't know how many of you, does anybody like fasting? It's, it's funny to me how, like, there's this big thing going on. You know, the health, the health phases go through our culture all the time. But lately, you've seen all this about intermittent fasting. I think that's just skipping breakfast. I don't know why they make it a big deal. But, but regardless, uh, as a culture, people are realizing that fasting has some physical benefits, and that's fine. But as Christians, Jesus expected we would fast. I don't know if you realize that, but in Scripture, he says, when you fast, he says that. And he expects it because as a spiritual discipline, there's something powerful about denying our physical needs and focusing on our spiritual needs. Now, I know you know this principle, what you feed grows, right? We all see that at the dinner table, what you feed grows. I don't know if you realize it's a spiritual principle as well. And so if you deny yourself the physical and then focus on the spiritual, we will grow. Now, what, I've asked, what I'm asking you to do is to consider fasting with us as a church for 21 days. Now, I know that's a lot. And somebody said to me, I was talking about it, and they're like, three weeks? You want me not to eat for three weeks? And here's what I told them. Maybe. 
I said, maybe. And they're like, what do you mean maybe? I said, well, maybe God is calling you to that. Maybe he's calling you to fast one meal. Maybe he's calling you, now some, some purists will not appreciate this, but maybe he's calling you to fast social media. I did that for a month this summer, and I was shocked at how much time I had. I was shocked. I, I didn't expect it. I mean, I didn't do it for spiritual reasons per se, but I found myself way more focused and less distracted. So for some of you, fasting social media would actually be more of a spiritual exercise than fasting food, for some of you. But if you are interested in fasting food, I would encourage you to, to try that. And maybe, maybe you start with a day or two in the week, and then maybe you don't do 21 days. Maybe you do, I don't know, a few meals a week. Or I, here's what I'm asking you to do. I want you to spend some time in prayer this week, because what we'll do is we'll start it next week, not, not today. Because so I've got dinner plans today. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Not, that's not why. What I want you to do is I want you to pray about it this week. I want you to actually take some time, talk to God, and say, God, what would you want me to do? Do you want me to do this at all? Because some of you, it may not be for you. Physically, your, your health may not be an issue. I mean, it may be an issue. So even if you need to talk to a doctor about what you might do. But if God is calling you to do that, I promise you, you will grow in your faith. I promise you. I promise you. Now, if you need tips on how to fast and fasting, there's a lot online. That's easy to find. My point is, please pray, spend some time, and see what God is calling you to do. When it comes right down to it, our spiritual growth, now you are here, and this is a big part of growing spiritually, but it's ultimately up to you. All right? You guys good? Okay. So let me, I know I said Happy New Year already, but it is kind of weird to think about. It's January 1st, 2023. 2023. I don't know how many of you noticed, but I mean, obviously, the, you know, Australia, they had 2023 before us. I have friends overseas who are already celebrating. I get it. But have you ever thought about, like, what's in a day? How many of you on your birthday, somebody, at least one person through the day will say, well, do you feel older? Right? Doesn't everybody do that to you? Because you're one day older. But do you ever feel it? I mean, do you ever really notice? I mean, do you notice that it's another day? Did anybody realize that today was another year? I mean, did you feel it today? Really? And I know in, in Ironman on Tuesday, we talked about this a little bit, but you know, what difference does a day make? Any day. I mean, a day is, what, what, what is it really? It's, it's just a day. I've always been amused and somewhat disappointed, but amused at people who believe in horoscopes. It's always cracked me up. Like you were born on a certain day and that actually gives you a personality type that's different than the other thousands of people born the same day. Really? Because it's kind of goofy. But, I mean, you're the same person. <laughs> but here's the deal. A day has meaning if you give it meaning. Have you noticed that? I mean, why is Mother's Day Mother's Day? It's because it's a day that we've decided we're going to honor mothers on that day. And every one of you mothers, you know and appreciate that you get honored that day. And if you didn't, you would still know that that day had meaning. But that meaning isn't intrinsic in the actual date. It's given that meaning because we've ascribed meaning to that day. It really does matter, but it matters because of that. This is a memory that I think about a lot. But the night our daughter Grace was born, she was, uh, we went to the hospital on, on October 30th. And uh, Nicole's never been a fan of Halloween per se, but we, were, we went to the hospital thinking the baby would be, she would be born on the 30th, but she was not. So what happened is we, 
Where we were, we lived in the Los Angeles area at the time, and the hospital, the birthing room, wasn't anything like the, the nice ones around here. It was just, we were in a room in a hallway of tons of moms having babies. So we literally shared the birth process with all these people. You could hear people going in labor. You could hear it. And then what was comical a little bit was when a baby was born, you would hear, you know, you would hear that moment, and then the, the nurse would call out the time and the weight, and they would do all that, and we would all hear it. I mean, you could. Then I, it got to be uh, midnight or close to midnight on the 30th, and then it was about three or four minutes after midnight, so is what day? 31st, and we hear a nurse call out the birth, the date, and all this, and then we hear her say, uh, actually, that was 11.59, and I thought, what? It, was, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was at least five after. I mean, it was, it was Halloween. It was the 31st. So later, I, w- I happened to be uh, checking in on Grace at the nursery, and I was talking to one of the nurses, and I saw the, the little card on the baby that was actually born on the 31st, but the date said the, the 30th. And I asked the nurse, I said, what, what happened here? Because we heard this. And she goes, well, some people just really don't like that day, and there's a lot of days they don't like. And she goes, so this happens a lot where if it's on that day, we'll just change the day. <laughs> I'm like... But it doesn't change when the baby was born. She goes, I know. But I'm like, well, would they tell the baby someday? She goes, probably not. They'll probably never tell that child. The child will never know when they were born. Does it matter? Does the day matter? I mean, it mattered enough to them to change the day, but the day didn't really change. You see what I'm saying? Do days actually have meaning? It's interesting because humans have been counting days for as long as there's been humans. And we've been ascribing importance or intrinsic worth to certain days for all time. And we, you know, humans have done this for a long time. I, I was looking into, because I'm weird like this, but I was looking into calendars and dates and, and I found that the oldest calendar that we know of at this point, because they keep finding things that are older, is called Warren Field in Scotland. This dates back, they think, 8,000 years. No, 8,000 BC, so 10,000 years. And what it is, it's a, it's a semicircle of stones that are set up and if you stand at, the, at the, the apex of the semicircle and you look at each stone, it marks the solar system. So it marks the solstices and it marks the, the longest days of the year. Still, 10,000 years later. So it was a calendar of sorts. And maybe you guys know all this. I mean, there's solar calendars that mark the movement of the sun. There's lunar calendars. The Egyptians use a solar one. The Sumerians use a lunar one. Now, the Julian calendar was one of the first calendars that was imposed on the the most of humanity it was done by julius caesar it was done in in 46 bc he wanted to unify the the empire and have people following the same calendar and then that calendar is actually still in use by the the eastern orthodox church but then a few centuries later the gregorian calendar was developed and that was developed by one of the popes pope gregory the eighth in 1582 and what he did was he updated the julian calendar to add in leap years and that kind of thing to keep it more accurate. And that calendar is the one that's used really pretty much around the world. And you all are aware that B.C., A.D., B.C. was before Christ. A.D. Uh, in Latin meant the year of our Lord. And now the secularists have tried to change that to before the common era or after or in the common era. Israel is interesting. It uses two calendars. It uses a Hebrew calendar, but it also uses Gregorian calendar, which is the one everybody uses. So the Hebrew calendar 
adjusts and, and has to do with the festivals and feasts that are religious, but then for everything else, secular, they use the Gregorian calendar. The Buddhists have an interesting calendar. They use the moon and the sun. The Islamic calendar is interesting because what they do is they don't adjust for anything, so that means that their calendar is just a little bit off, so Ramadan can be in the summer or it can be in the winter. Now, most of us have heard about the Chinese calendar. It's not really about keeping time. That calendar is more about, kind of like horoscopes, attributing physical attributes to the zodiac calendar, of all things. So do you guys know what year this is in the Chinese calendar? Anybody keep up with that? Last year was the year of the tiger, but because their calendar doesn't necessarily follow the Gregorian, it doesn't change until January 21st, which becomes the year of the rabbit. Remember the Mayan calendar, how they thought the world was going to end in 2012? Do you remember that? What's funny about that is I looked into that a little bit too, and it's not that the world would end. It's just that they, if you've seen that calendar, it's a big round circle. They just ran out of spots. So they just figured, well, either the world's going to end or they just needed to add another layer. I don't know. But the Taiwanese calendar is fascinating. My friend Michael's here. He lived in Taiwan for a while. And I, I didn't know this till I met him and talked to him about it, but they date their calendar from the origination of the Republic of, of China when they left, you know, when Chiang Kai-shek left the mainland and during the revolution. So they date their calendar from 1911 when the country was founded. So if you're in, in Taiwan, today's date would actually be 112-0101. That's how they would do it. Or if you're there and you see one of their numbers, you just have to quick add 1911, 1,911 days. So does it matter? I mean, is this day special or not? Now, I know a lot of people celebrated last night, of course, around the world, and you see the balls drop all over different cities, and people are cheering and celebrating, and somehow they are able to make glasses of each year, no matter what year it is. But anything change? Did anything in your life change from yesterday to today? You might have a little less sleep, but are you different? Did you check for more wrinkles? Anybody? You don't have to raise your hand. The days have meaning because we give it meaning. That's how it works. That's how every day works like that. The fact is, I know a lot of people who they, their attitude about like setting, you know, New Year's resolutions and that kind of thing. They say, it's just a day. It's it's just like no other day. Okay, I get that. But my point to you today is, you can give this day meaning. Not in the new year. I mean, I don't care what year it is, to be honest with you. What matters to me is that there's times in life where we take a day and we, we take stock of our life And we decide, do I want to be different than I am today? Now, a lot of people just let life come to them and they just do life. And nothing changes. Well, actually, here's the truth. Things change, it's just you haven't adjusted the change. You haven't had any control over the change. You've just let the change happen. You've all experienced this when you, maybe you haven't seen somebody for a long time. And what do you say to the kids every time? Oh, you're taller, right? You might think this but not say it. Oh, you're whiter, right? Because change has happened. They just didn't plan the change. We know how that works. Here's the truth, though. You can treat every day like any other day with no introspection, no planning. But the fact is, little changes make big differences, And you can actually make changes and decide on that today, whether it's New Year's or not, but it is New Year's. So you can actually make some choices today that literally change your life. Tomorrow, 
and next week and next month and change everything. And I really believe this. I believe God calls us to do that. He expects us to make changes in our lives. He doesn't intend for us just to walk through life like nothing changes. So my question to you today and what I want you to really take stock of is what changes would God have you make in your life today? The word from Frank and the, really the, the songs we sang today, if you think about it, a lot of it had to do with talking about spending time with him. Have you ever thought about time? Time's an interesting thing. You know, we hear a lot about equity in our culture today, which is a focus on outcomes. And what a lot of those people who talk about equity miss is the fact that there are, there are opportunities and people do different things with the opportunities that end up in the outcomes. You can't just measure outcomes. You realize, I know this is really basic, but every single one of us have the same amount of time every day. The same amount of seconds, the same amount of hours. The difference is what you do with it. What you choose to do with it. You can just let time go, and it does. It doesn't stop for any of us. It just keeps going. Or you could actually make choices and change your life based on what you do with the time you have. We all have the same amount of time. I'm reminded of, you know, hearing a concert pianist. I've heard some really good musicians over this last couple weeks. And it always blows me away. Because I always look at them and I think, oh, man, I wish I could play like that. But it's just a wish. You know why? Because I didn't put the time in that they put in. There's the old saying that somebody came up to somebody and, you know, a concert pianist and said, oh, I'd give my life to play like you. And the concert pianist looked at him and like, oh, really? Because I did. They gave their life to that. That's why they play like that. The difference is what you invest in. That's what you get out of it. And it's true with no matter what you do with your life. I think about this. Time, time spent with God is time that we all have to give, but then we choose whether or not to invest it that way. If we're going to spend time in his word, Maybe, maybe there's other things that God is speaking to you about doing with your life that, that maybe up till this point you haven't. Maybe it's a new volunteer role or a job change. Think about this. What's, what's one thing you could actually change and make your marriage stronger? Maybe it's one of the new classes that Pastor Jeremy talked about that, that does take time, but it's an investment you choose and say, I'm going to be different this time next year because I'm going to do this. Maybe it's your prayer life. Maybe it's you studying more. Maybe it's getting a degree that you've put off. Maybe it's something to do with your health. But believe me, God expects you to make choices and to choose things and to make changes. It's up to you. I don't know if you realize this, but most of the New Testament is letters, is made up of letters that are written to churches basically telling people you need to make these changes. You maybe never thought of it that way. But it's basically telling these churches, here's things you need to work on. And those things just don't just happen. You choose them. This portion of scripture we're going to look at is full of instructions from the apostle Paul. And he's writing to the church in Ephesus. And he says, and this is jumping in at verse, or chapter 4, verse 17. He says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. He's literally telling you to change something. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. I know some of you are sitting here like, well, that's the world. That's not me. That's them. 
I'm not saying you've hardened your hearts to him. What I'm saying is he's still calling us to choose to live different. Choose to live different. You know, one of our great Missouri uh, claims to fame is Mark Twain. He once said, those who do not read are better than those who cannot read. Kind of hits hard, isn't it? Those who do not read are no better than those who can't read. What he's saying is, some of us have the ability to make changes and we just don't do it. We have the ability to read books, but then we don't. It's not as if we can't, we just don't. It's choosing here. That's what Paul is talking about. He goes on to say, they live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you've heard about Jesus, you've learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off, he's telling you to change something, your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, he's telling you to do something. Let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, telling you to do something. Created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Did you catch all those things he said to do? Throw off your old sinful nature. Throw off your old former way of life, which is corrupted. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. How? How do you do that? Paul probably didn't say it because it's so obvious. And every single one of you in here would be able to tell me what. How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you put on the mind of Christ? You spend time with Christ. You ever notice how you act and and talk like people you spend time with? I've used this example before, but I'll never forget the day I came home from school and I was, in, uh, I was in junior high and my mom, I walked in, I don't know if she'll remember this, but I walked in and she said, oh, hi, Curtis. I'm like, Curtis? She goes, did you want a snack, Curtis? I know you just come from school, Curtis. Are you thirsty, Curtis? And it was really annoying to me. I'm like, why are you calling me Curtis? She said something I'll never forget. If you're going to act like Curtis, I'm going to call you Curtis. Mm. I'm like, I was standing there like, what, what are you talking about? She goes, well, you're talking like him, your attitude's like him, you're acting like him. I know he's your friend, but I need you to be Dennis, not Curtis. Ugh, it cut me. I was a kid, but it cut me. The truth is, who you spend time with, you're going to be like. And if you're going to do all these things that Paul says to do, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, you have to decide to spend time with, with Jesus, And it's something that, again, you have all the same time as everybody in the room has the same amount of time. But then you choose what you do with it. Will I take that time and spend it with him? Prayer, scripture reading. You're already here at church, which is awesome. You're watching online, which is awesome. But then the books you read, the classes you choose to take. And these, you know, we, we planned months ago to start these classes in January. And honestly, part of our thought was, should we put it off a week? You know why? Because during Christmas and New Year's, we understand everybody's off schedule, so you're probably not thinking, okay, Wednesday, it's this Wednesday, classes start. Are you ready? Because they start right away, but, but not everybody's on schedule again, and then you'll go back to work on Monday or go back to school on Wednesday, and you'll get right back in, oh, oh yeah, I missed the class. I know that. But you choose. Who are the believers that you spend time with? Who are the people that... You are acting like them. Who are the courtesies in your life that you should be acting like? You choose to put on the new nature. And Paul doesn't end there. Then he gives some very specific things, which I, I'm guessing probably don't have anything to do with anybody in the room. So don't, 
Don't let Paul offend you today. He says, stop telling lies. I know none of us have ever done that. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are parts of the same body. And don't let sin, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, because anger gives a foothold to the devil. I'm going to come back to that in a minute, but if you are a thief, none of you, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to those in need. Don't use foul language or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. That might be something somebody needs to choose to do, to be an encouragement, that you think ahead of time. Okay, I'm going to encourage people today, and that's going to be, I'm going to do that every day. I'm going to encourage maybe two people a day. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. You choose this. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. And he's got more. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, do this. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now, I know I said earlier this has nothing to do with you guys, but you realize he was writing to a church here. He wasn't writing to the world here. He was writing to the church. He said, he said over and over, you need to make these changes. Quit stealing. Use your hands for hard work. Give generously. Don't use foul or abusive language. Say good and helpful things. Be an encouragement. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander. Instead, be tenderhearted and forgiving. How do you do that? How do you do that? These sound so cliche because people talk about changing our lives all the time, but a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Do you know how to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. The truth is one degree of change actually makes a huge difference. It may not, and I think that's one problem that people have. That they, they realize, I need 180 degrees of change, but that much change is hard to maintain. But if you could just do one thing that would be different. Aviators say that, For every one degree traveled off course by a plane is 60 miles off the destination. Hard to imagine, isn't it? But one little change can make a huge difference. For instance, if you're flying from this continent to London and you're off by one degree, that would mean you're 79 miles off. You wouldn't even be on the same country. One degree This is kind of mind-blowing, too. Maybe you've seen this, but one degree of temperature change can be the difference between ice or water or steam. Just one degree changes everything. I'm I'm not against coffee. If you know me, you know I love coffee. But let's say you do buy Starbucks every day. I'm not even criticizing that necessarily. But I was looking at the prices because I don't drink Starbucks, but $5 is typical for a cup of coffee. And you might think not much for a cup of coffee, but what if you made your own? I'm just throwing it out there. And you saved a dollar a day, so you were then spending $4 a day. And to make the math easy, because <laughs> let's say you only bought it five days a week, not seven. That would actually come out to $80 a month or $960 for a year. That's $1,000. I know most of us would appreciate a $1,000 raise. You could give yourself a raise by just making your own coffee. Somebody's hallelujah in it. That's funny. 
How about the Bible reading plan that the church is doing? I, I know, I, it's, a, it's a decision you make. It takes me, I think, 10 minutes a day to do that Bible reading plan. It's not a very long one, honestly. It's, you know, we usually read a chapter a day. Now, of course, some chapters are longer than others, but seriously, 10 minutes. It, out of my day, it's literally nothing. But what I get out of it, it focuses me every day. And like I said, when I read your comments, I grow in ways that I didn't anticipate. What I love about it is you see things I didn't see. And I stop and I think, God, that's awesome. Thank you for that. It's, it's amazing. I know, I know for me, what, what has helped me is I, I try to plan my day bef- bef- as the day ends for the next day. <laughs> I know this sounds like kindergarten or something, but... I actually choose the shirt I'm going to wear the day before. You know why? Because if I do it in the morning, I'm just groggy enough, I'll just stand there. Like, what am I doing again? I don't know. I, what I wanted to do this morning, and I feel like what God is wanting you to do is to bring you to a crossroads for you to decide to be different today. To make a decision today. That you're going to change at least one thing And my main goal is your spiritual life today. To change one thing. If you don't do something different, you won't get a different result. It just won't happen that way. It's consistency. And and I would encourage you even to share it with somebody who you love and, and, and loves you that would hold you accountable to some degree. You know we're all creatures of habit, right? You all sit in the same places. I, I know. I look around and I, I see you. And I, when you're not in your spot, I miss you. I see the hand. Yeah, because you moved. I see that. I see what you did there. And when you move, in my mind, I'm like, are they not here? Oh, no. I oh, wonder why they're sitting there. But mostly we're creatures of habit, right? The key is to intentionally choose the habit. That's the thing. You can actually create habits. And you've all heard this, you know, 21 days to make a habit. But it also kind of takes 21 days to break a habit. And you can choose that. It's, I've heard people, and I've done the same thing, someday or tomorrow. But tomorrow's never here. It's always today. Have you noticed that? I want you to choose it today. And what are habits? It's just repeated actions. It's just what you do. But it's not just actions. It's also repeated attitudes. I read this a couple weeks ago, and it really caught me short. Habits are also repeated attitudes that I let grow in my own heart and mind. If my attitude is going to be being short or being, being impatient or or being critical. I can choose that too. And when I notice that I have a habit of that, I can stop and say, I need to change that. What are also, what other habits? Going to church is a habit. Have you noticed that? I don't know if you're aware how many churches have struggled since COVID because people got out of the habit of going to church. Those of you who are here in the room, and I'm not criticizing people who are watching online because I love that we can do online, but it's, it's harder to get here probably than you remembered. And when the habit was broken, it was hard to get it going again. Have you noticed that? Maybe some of you who, who do fitness or go to the gym or, or eat a certain way, and you get into a certain habit, and it's just easy. Reading your Bible is a habit. Prayer is a habit. And it's easy to get out of it and just get into another habit that takes your time. Anger can be a habit. Love can be a habit. Selflessness can be a habit. Serving can be a habit. Thinking the way God wants you to think can be a habit. And you can choose to do this, putting him first, putting others first, caring for people, being more loving, being more generous, 
Not using the foul or abusive language. All those things that, that Paul wrote in Ephesians there. Being an encourager. Being tender hearted. Being forgiven. And then getting rid of bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words and slander. Why would he put that in there? Why did he feel the need to put that in a letter to a church? Is, is that you? You know what he said? He said, don't let anger grow in you. You choose it. And then he said, he said, don't give the devil a foothold. What's a foothold? It's a way in. It's a, it's a, I, I've heard this saying and I just, the camel knows under the tent. Have you heard that? I mean, we don't have camels. I get it. But it's just like your dog that wants to be near you or on your bed or eat from your table. You know how it works. If you never feed them human food off the table, they never beg for it. But when you do that, then it's a small, seemingly innocuous act or decision that leads to much larger, more serious, less desirable consequences. A foothold. It's a funny thing about anger, though, or grievances. We like to hold them. We feel entitled to them. Genuinely, people have done things to you that were wrong and they haven't asked for forgiveness and you're carrying anger. And you've heard this before, but carrying that anger is like you taking poison and hope they get sick. The fact is, it does damage to your heart in ways that you don't even realize because you've allowed it. You've chosen to give the enemy a foothold and he starts to work on your heart and make it more calloused and make it more defensive, and then when something else like that happens again, you're already angry. It's like the old thing where you see a jar that looks like clean water and you stir it and it just is cloudy again because you've allowed your heart to be damaged. You know what else it does? That unforgiveness, it damages your past. The memories that should be good are tainted by those things. You don't let it go. You say you've forgiven, but then when something happens, it's like you're shot right back there. Like it's that moment all over again and you emotionally relive it because you're holding on to it. And the fact is you damage your future also because when you're looking back, you can't be looking forward. And the, for, the, the future is damaged by what you're holding on to in the past. There's a reason that Paul wrote this to this church because he wanted them to be different. I don't think Paul cared about New Year's, to be honest with you. He was Jewish. He had his own calendar he was working off of. This day today would be probably foreign to him. But for you, you can make a change today. You can give this day meaning and say, I'm going to let go of those things. And I know how the Holy Spirit works. Maybe you're not familiar with that, but the Holy Spirit works in such a way where I say things that I believe that he's led me to write down. And then he speaks to each of you individually in ways that are far beyond my ability. I can't tell you how many times over the years, in 40 years of, of preaching that somebody has come up to me and said when you said this I needed to hear that now in the beginning I would say I didn't say that I don't even say that anymore you know why it doesn't matter Holy Spirit said it that's more important anyway I'm not going to argue with you I literally went back and listened to the tape once like I didn't say that no you said this like okay isn't that the beauty of it though because God speaks to each of us where we need to be 
And I don't know how many of you are carrying something. A pastor newbie mentioned once about people being grievance collectors. They have this grievance and this and this and this. And then it affects every relationship they have and they don't even realize it. And because they have a grievance with this person, now this relationship over here is damaged. And they walk into those relationships and don't even know. And they could have chosen to let it go. And they didn't do it. We're told to make these choices. These choices are hard to make for some of us because especially those that are holding these grievances, I, I know that you've been hurt and I know it hurts today. But God doesn't want you to give the devil a foothold. He wants you to forgive for you. Don't give the enemy a foothold. James 4 says, humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I never connected that. I was, I was thinking about that verse, Ephesians 4.27, about the devil's foothold. And then I was, this other verse in James was on my mind. And I'm like, God, how do those even go together? I don't, and he, he just mentioned to me and he says, do you not see how unforgiveness is a lack of humility? I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. Because as humans, you feel like you have a right to something that you do not. And you need my humility to let that go. Oh, man, I, I was floored. And in doing that, you resist the devil and he flees. He has no foothold. Because you've been humble enough to say, I need to forgive. I have no right to hold this anger anymore. And I need to let it go. It's hard to be angry and humble at the same time. I never saw the connection before. An entitlement attitude leads to anger. We're entitled to be treated like this or entitled to have this done or I was entitled to this and because I didn't get it, I'm angry. He's like, let it go. So that led me to 1 Peter. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Wow. I humble myself before God and then he takes care of the business. Do you see that? Give all your worries and cares to him for he cares for you. He doesn't want your heart to carry that. It doesn't end. Listen to this. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember, your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. He is an enemy that wants to devour your heart. Do not give in to anger to let him do that. Stay alert. So what's your year going to be like? What is your new year? If I could have Dalton join me up here. You choose this. You're not a product of your circumstances unless you allow that. Isn't that funny? That's a choice. You may not realize it, but choosing not to choose is a choice. And if you just let everything flow and come to you and you stay in your old habits, that's a choice. What I'm challenging you to do is let something that you heard today, let the Holy Spirit speak to you about that, and you make a choice. You're not a product of your circumstances. Instead, you're a product of your decisions. Let them be active. You choose. You choose. What I love about this, too, is you're not alone in this. Not only does the Holy Spirit speak to you, But God works through you. He wants a different life for you 
even more than you. In Philippians, Paul wrote this. He said, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So what's your one degree of change today? What's your one degree of change? What are you going to change that will make you a different person this time next year? It it won't even take that long, I promise you. I promise you. In in one month, you will be different if you make some of these changes. I'm going to ask you to shut your eyes, everybody in this room. I I don't know what God has been speaking to you as I have been talking today. What is comical as a preacher is he's been talking to me and I'm like, hey, can we talk about this later because I'm trying to preach here. I don't know about you. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, if it's a character issue, if it's one of those issues. Maybe you are walking around today with unforgiveness and you realize today that you have given a foothold to the enemy and you need to let that go. If that is you, please, please, for your own heart's sake, do it. Do it. And then let God work in you and heal your heart and heal your past and heal your future. Let him do that with you today. I don't know if it's maybe for someone in here, it's a humility issue. And as I talked about humility, you thought, oh, I don't like him talking like that. Maybe that's the issue that God wants to work on in your life. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's a spiritual growth issue and you have thought, you know what? I'm fine. I go to church. I, I, I listen online. I, I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. I don't know about you. I don't want to barely go to heaven. I want to go to heaven sanctified and holy. And I want to be the best version of, of, of a Christian. That I, can. I want to be someone that God uses. I want to be someone that grows at every moment. But you choose to grow. You choose it. So maybe for you, you're going to do the Bible reading plan. And it's the first time you've ever done something like that. It's okay. Do it. Maybe for you, it's time and prayer and you realize I have prioritized everything else in my life but that. And I need to spend time with him. Maybe it's your marriage. And when I mentioned it that one time, what's the one thing you could change that would give you a stronger marriage? And you thought, I know what it is. I know what it is. Let God work through that. We, we do have a, a marriage class starting on Wednesday. Maybe that's coming to that, talking to your spouse and saying, hey, let's go to that. I don't know what it is for you. But with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'm just going to ask a simple question. How many of you have thought about one thing that you do need to change? Just one thing. Would you raise your hands real quick? Almost every hand is up. You just saying that is a huge thing. Because basically what you're saying is, I want to make a change. And here's what happens is, that Philippians verse I read, that God, who began a good work in you, will continue his work until it is finally finished. He works with you and he joins with you in that decision and he says, yes, we will make a change. I want to encourage you to do one more thing with that. I am going to challenge you to tell somebody. Tell somebody. Maybe your spouse, maybe a friend. You're welcome to tell me. I would pray with you and I would encourage you. And if somebody trusts you with that information, I would challenge you not to tell anybody else, but then to keep them accountable and say, hey, how are you doing with that? How is that going? Ask them, talk to them. With your head still bowed, I want to ask this question. I never want to go a week without asking. Because maybe you're here today and you realize that you have not been walking with Jesus at all, but you want to. You realize today's the day you need to change your life. You need to invite him to be your Lord. 
And if that is you today, I just want you to raise your hand. We will pray with you. Anybody at all like that today? That you would just say, today's the day, January 1st, 2023 will be the day I choose to follow Jesus. Anybody at all like that? All right, let's do this. Would you stand with me? I know we have people here who are willing and able to pray with you. If you are one of those people, if you on the, the staff or spouses or board spouses or part of the prayer team, if you would come forward, because um, I'm going to pray over everybody. But if you want prayer, maybe you need someone to stand beside you. Maybe, maybe for you right now, that person you want to tell is one of these people down here, and they will pray with you. They will They will pray with you in a way that would just help cement that in your life. And maybe it's a struggle. Maybe maybe you don't even want to tell them the details. Maybe you just want to say, look, I'm struggling with forgiveness and I I don't want to get into details and you don't have to. They'll pray with you. But if that's you, I want to invite you down right now to pray with them, that you would pray with them. Maybe for you, you, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and there's just something that you know you need more of God and that's it. And you, you might come to that class on Wednesday, but you want prayer for that. Please come down right now as I pray. You're, you're welcome. You can just step out of where you are as I pray for all of us. I would just encourage you to come do this. A great way to start the year. Father, I pray for this, this uh, group of people, this, your followers, your church here in this room today. God, I pray for us. And I pray for all of those things that you wrote to that church in Ephesus 2,000 years ago through the Apostle Paul, that you would help us to apply those things to our lives, whatever it is that hits each individual here today, whether it's about anger. God, I pray for those who have been struggling there. You would just help them, Lord Jesus, to give that up, let that go. Father, I pray for those in this room who are struggling to forgive somebody as deep as they were hurt, that you would help them to forgive in the name of Jesus. Father, for those who've maybe had a habit of being short-tempered or angry or just said things that were not encouraged, that you would change them completely around and they would become encouragers starting today. God, I pray that you would help us to to, to give us a desire within us to wake up early or stay up late and spend time with you in the word or in prayer in a way that has never happened before and that you would meet us in those times. God, I pray for each of us that you would help us to grow in our relationship with you. I pray for those marriages, Lord God, that need work, that need help. And I pray, Lord Jesus, you would bless them in Jesus' name. God, I pray you make us different as we leave this room today. That that 2023 would be a year of change. Change that you have called us to make and that you would help us make. As you continue to work in us, in Jesus' name we pray. We give you the praise for all of those things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you go encourage people. If you need prayer, we are here to pray with you. God bless you today.